the podcast on the Sing Second Sports Network are a ProVision Advisors production. At ProVision Advisors, we specialize in strategic communication planning, execution, and coaching for senior-level leaders and communicators dedicated to achieving success. Visit ProVisionAdvisors.net to learn more. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Navy Football Podcast, brought to you by New Day USA. I'm Bill Wagner, Navy Athletics Beat Writer for the Capital Gazette and Baltimore Sun Newspapers, and I am joined by my co-hosts, former Navy football players Keenan Reynolds and Eric Catani. This is the Houston Game Breakdown. Uh, Navy hosts Houston. It's a noon start for those fans used to uh, 3.30 starts for Navy football home games. This is an oddball due to television. It is a noon kickoff, so make sure you get there early on Saturday morning. And Houston, this is a great rivalry. When Navy first joined the American Athletic Conference, right off the bat, Navy and Houston became a key rivalry game. And it started right off the bat in Navy's first season in the American. Navy was 7-0, and Houston was 7-0, and and it came down to a November 27th game. I'll never forget it. Flew out there to Houston right after Thanksgiving, and uh, that game decided the West Division title. Keenan Reynolds was a senior. Keenan, what are your memories of that game in which Houston won 52-31 to to capture the West Division, and they went on to win the American Athletic Conference Championship that season. Getting absolutely destroyed. (laughs) We did not play well that game. Um, They actually came out in a defense that we did not prep for at all. Uh, And uh, without revealing too much, basically we got a tip that that was probably what they were going to run like the night before the game. So like we were (laughs) devising a new game plan um, on Friday night. So – they caught us a little bit off by surprise, but there's a lot of the success the next year that they, that Navy had um, was because all of the American felt like their defense was a formula to stop in the option. And they decided to all replicate that. But little did they know Navy spent the entire offseason uh, scheming that particular defensive set and absolutely torched it that entire year. So um, those are probably my biggest uh, memories of that of that game. Well, and Keenan's right, the next year, 2016, Navy went 7-1 and one in the American Athletic Conference in a huge 46-40 to 40 upset of a Houston team that was ranked sixth at the time. Uh, that was in Annapolis on October 8th. Uh, that was a key game toward propelling Navy to the American Athletic Conference championship game that year. So let's look ahead at this year. And Houston's always the same, and they've been through some coaching changes uh, actually, obviously, Tom Herman was the coach there and moved on to Texas, and then that didn't work out. But now Dana Holgerson is the head coach at Houston, and they once again have a high-powered offense. This quarterback named Clayton Toon, he has literally been at Houston for eight years. Uh, this will be his fourth start against Navy. I love Brian Newberry, the defensive coordinator, said Toon has been at Houston longer than I've been at Navy. Um, he's a good quarterback. He's got a good, strong, accurate arm, but he's also a running threat. And we saw last week Tanner Mordecai of SMU uh, exploit Navy with the run. Um, So, guys, what's the key? Obviously, the Navy defense 
had its worst outing of the season against SMU. What's the key to turning things around? They're going to have to play much, much better. Houston has another formidable weapon in the wide receiver, Nathaniel Tank Dell. Newberry said that's the best receiver he's seen on tape this season, and that's saying a lot since they've already played Keelan Stokes from Tulsa and Rashi Rice from SMU. Eric, what's the defense got to do to hold Houston to a, a reasonable number? Well, first they need to, uh, you know, start fast and don't let big plays happen the first drive. Um, we t- we spoke about that earlier in the week and throughout the whole season. Them not starting fast, and you know, we can't put the offense in a bad position. Uh, and if this wide receiver is better than the wide receiver you play, then it's going to be a tough task for the DBs, you know, not to let them behind and not to let the you know, quarterback as well use his legs and, and beat us that way. Um, Keenan, what's your thoughts? Starts with not getting the ball thrown over our hits like we did last week. Um, if we can just stop that and make them put together sustained drives, like if they score touchdowns, if we can make their touchdowns 10 yards or less, I will be happy because we will likely win the game. But if they're getting explosive chunk plays and scoring explosive chunk touchdowns, we're going to have a hard time because we're having a hard time. Even though we had a ton of yards last week on offense, I'm not confident in us in a shootout right now. So we need to control the pace of the game. We cannot allow them to get into a, a, a gun, like a running gun type of, you know, just slinging the ball all over the field, scoring 60-yard touchdowns, having 50-yard pass plays, 50-yard runs. We cannot have any of that. We have to keep the game in our control, at our pace, make them uncomfortable, make them start getting desperate. But I think it just starts with like, hey, let's not get the ball thrown over our heads on play three of the game. I agree completely. Uh, the, that has been the nemesis of the Navy defense. Way too many big plays in every single game this season. There has been a huge, long pass play. Uh, it's a young secondary. You, they started off with two sophomores at cornerbacks. Uh, now they've got Willie Collins playing at one spot instead of Embiidi Williams. But overall, it's a young secondary, but they have to grow up quickly. And the, the, the big plays have to stop because the Navy defense has proven it's, it's solid at stopping the run. And if you can, I agree with Keenan, you make teams march down the field, and that's the key to success, especially with – so, guys, did you know Navy ran 101 plays and held the ball for 41 minutes against SMU. SMU only had the ball for 48 plays on offense and scored 40 points. That says it all. 101 plays. That's that's a lot. That's the most I've ever heard of in a long time. Second most plays run by Navy in the Kenya Matalolo era. The other was a double overtime game against Toledo, which Keenan remembers. Yeah, I was just about to say, I think we ran like 110 in that game. That was crazy. Yep. So let's talk about the offense. Um, They did put up 34 points. Now, 21 of them came in the fourth quarter when they were in catch-up mode. But I liked some of what I saw when Navy went into, you know, rally time. Uh, They kind of put Ty in shotgun formation. And he had some nice runs mixed with some nice passes. And Keenan got what he'd been asking for all season. Ty rushed for over 100 yards. It was his finest rushing outing of his career at Navy. Uh, I think going into the game, Ty was averaging something like 40 yards a game rushing. And this was a big topic, which I'm going to write an article about for Saturday's paper, that Coach Niamat said that they told Ty, 
you have got to start making defenses pay for what he called slow playing you. And basically what's been happening is whenever Ty pulls the ball from the foot, the fullback's belly, or whenever he takes it outside period teams don't, they don't go aggressively at him. They kind of slow play and wait to see what he does. And they're kind of daring him to run it himself because they don't think he can hurt him. He finally did in this game, Keenan, what did you see out of Ty running the ball this past Friday night? Yeah, certainly impressed with over 100 yards. When I heard that stat line, I, I was kind of like, finally, you know, yes, we, we, like you said, I got what I've been looking for all year. Um, to, to the point of like being slow played, I think that that just, I, when I watched Ty run, like the one thing that I've been like yearning to see is like for him to just hit it. Like it just seems like when he's running, even on called runs, or maybe not call runs, but like if he's running like a midline option and he's running a keeper, it just seems like he's very tempered when he runs the ball. Like, like he's kind of ca- he's very cautious. You know, doesn't want to make a mistake, doesn't want to turn the ball over. And I understand that, but I also want to see him actually hit it. Like, get downhill with bad intentions. That's what I want to see. And we've seen a couple times where he's run and he's been a bit, uh, you know, I guess in that tempered fashion. And he's got hit in the mouth where guys are coming to meet him in the hole. So, like, to prevent, to protect yourself on that, you got to get your pass down and hit it. So, seeing him do that a little bit better uh, this past week was great. And to your point about being slow played, um, that was something that I struggle with, you know, from time to time about playing. A lot of times you get so focused on just, like, pitching, get, dealing the ball that, you know, teams start to, you know, creep with the outside linebacker. And if you hit the hole, if you get downhill and you hit it, you can steal six yards before anybody can get an arm on you because everybody's running to the pitch. And especially for him, where he hasn't been a huge threat running the ball, they're just running the tackle to A-backs. So now as he becomes more of a threat, it opens up our playmakers on the outside to have more space and better opportunities to make bigger plays. You know, would you say it's more of the, the defense respecting you as a, as a runner? Yeah, I mean, if they, if they respect you as a runner, they're not going to gonna do everything they can to get the ball out of your hands. And so do, if they, do they shift? After you know your, your sophomore, your, your junior, to more your senior, you're just saying, "Hey, let's let's, let's key in this guy versus you know let's not worry about the pitch." Or what? It was a vice versa. Uh, it, it, it honestly it wasn't consistent. Like it wasn't like like oh everybody slow playing me and then they switch. It, sometimes it was team dependent, right? Like some teams would be more aggressive. Some teams didn't even let us get the ball on the perimeter. Like they were all about focusing on stopping the full, like forcing the ball to the fullback and then allowing their interior guys to stop the run. Versus like, and they was like, we don't want the ball in the perimeter at all, whether it's quarterback or a bag. So like, it really yeah. depends on it. It really depends on the defense and their scheme or what their like strategy is to try to stop the option. Some people think, oh, if we have it, we're going to make the quarterback beat us. Some people think we're going to make the a back beat us. And, you know, most people don't want the fullback to beat them at all. Like that's like the the universal denominator. It's like we're not giving the ball to the fullback because I was just about to ask you, well, if you're a defense coordinator, would you say? Stop the quarterback or stop the fullback? Fullback, 100%. Because think about it. What what does Navy make a lot of the big plays on? Like, outside of big runs, it's play-action fakes, right? And 99% of those play-action fakes start with a fullback fake, like putting the ball in the fullback's gut. So if you're slicing them in the interior and the, and those linebackers and, the, you know, everybody sees the ball Maybe going start, to the start, – start, start creeping. Start creeping Exactly. Out. They, oh, they yeah. step up and it opens up those big plays or like – I mean, even if you're just running an option, like if you have the, the B-back going, now they're like, okay, we have to force the ball out of the B-back's hands, and now you're getting space on the perimeter for the quarterback in the eighth. So 
So like without having a be back, everybody's just gonna run to the pitch. There's like, oh, we'll, we'll stop it with our interior line. Now you got your mic and your your inside backers just sprinting to tackle the quarterback or run to the pitch. Everybody's keen on the perimeter players, but if the fullback's a threat, it just opens up the entire offense. So yeah, I think that's why I think uh, Dabo did so well that game because they weren't they didn't really realize the respect. They don't really know. Him. So obviously, uh, Navy with two straight solid games offensively, 455 rushing yards against Tulsa, followed by 500 total yards versus SMU. Um, you know, I'd ask Keenan prior to the SMU game, is the offense, has it officially turned things around and has turned the corner? And Keenan's like, you have to show me again. It can't be a one-game thing. And other than the fact that they did not finish three drives in SMU territory, in the first early on in the game, their first three possessions, they drew into SMU territory and came away with no points. Other than that, the offense looked good. Eric, are you a believer now? After, you know, two games ago, you know, I would say it's turned around in the last game, but you know, we got a lot of touchdowns at 21 points in the fourth quarter. You know, we lost the game, you know, it's, it's, you know, I'll be, I'll be a believer if we win this game. Let's leave it at that. So before we go to our Academy securities alumni spotlight segment, uh, we have our producer, Chris Cervello, Naval Academy grad, former public affairs officer, uh, now a wealthy businessman living down in in Florida. Chris, do you have anything for the guys? Any thoughts uh, as we lead up to the Houston game? What is your preference when, um, you know, when you're trying to get the offense going? Do you like them deferring to the second half or do you want the ball to start off and to set the tempo? Always defer. Um, Always defer. I, yep. I know, I know exactly what Eric is going to say. We say it all the time, but you know, you, you look at what Bill Belichick does in New England. You always defer so that you don't allow the other team to have back-to-back possessions uh, coming out of the half, um, so that it protects you if you're not playing well to not get doubled up on back-to-back, and it also enhances your capabilities if you are playing well and you can get points for the half and then come back out and get a sustained drive for another touchdown. That's a 10-point swing in two possessions, and the deep, and there's nothing that the other team's offense can do. So, obviously, you know, wanting to go fast, we tried that. You know, we tried to take the ball off to go fast, and <laughs> they scored a touchdown three plays later. So, you know, I think keeping it with the deferring is fine. The defense has just got to step up and get those three and outs and not allow the big plays on the first drive in the first couple of plays. Hit it right in the head, bud. You hit it right in the head. Absolutely. We're going to go to break to hear a message from our sponsor, New Day USA. And when we return, we will have our Academy Securities Alumni Spotlight segment. We are so proud that this podcast is sponsored by New Day USA. If you are an active or retired veteran and you need a loan of any sort, conventional mortgage, refinance, home equity, or even a reverse mortgage, you need to call New Day USA. Whereas another lender, may turn down your application, New Day USA is more likely to say yes. So veterans, active and retired, if you need a home loan of any sort, contact New Day USA. All right, Sing Second fans, a few announcements from our friends of the Naval Academy Athletic Association. Only two home football games left this Saturday against Houston, 12 o'clock kickoff, as we've been talking about. And then on October 22nd, at 3.30 against Temple. Call 1-800-US-4-NAVY or visit NavySports.com. While you're on NavySports.com, grab those Navy men's and women's basketball season tickets. 
You do not want to miss a single shot this year in Alumni Hall. So call 1-800-US-4-NAVY or visit NavySports.com today. And finally, when you have your credit card out and you're on NavySports.com, don't forget about the little ones. The Kid Shipman Club is the official kids club of Navy Athletics. And for just 20 bucks, your membership includes exclusive gifts, free tickets to Navy sporting events, a birthday card from Bill the Goat, and more. So get on over to NavySports.com, get those football and basketball tickets, and take care of your kiddos. Now back to the pod. This is our Academy Securities Alumni Spotlight, and our subject this evening is Ryan Williams Jenkins, a 2015 graduate of the Naval Academy. Uh, Ryan played on some pretty good Navy football teams as a sophomore, junior, and senior, all winning uh, records and bowl games those seasons. Ryan, tell us a little bit about your memories of Navy football. Were there any particular games or moments that really stand out to you? Appreciate it, Bill. I appreciate you all for having me. Um, I think uh, playing all four years, um, playing special teams as a freshman and then, um, you know, uh, some some significant minutes at running back the other years, some of the the games that stand out most to me, uh, definitely all Army Navy games, um, you know, beating Army every year was always pretty, pretty cool that stood out. Um, I would say the biggest game, though, for me um, was probably against either Duke um, or Notre Dame, just because both of those games I was coming back off of uh, pretty significant injuries and ended up playing pretty well um, and got opportunity to play with one of the greats in Keenan Reynolds in those games as well. So um, those would probably be the two highlights that stand out to me. So what can you say about our podcast partner, Keenan Reynolds? As far as the, I mean, obviously you were there when to see him from the very beginning as a yeah. freshman when he came on against Air Force and then all the way through your senior year when he was a junior, but a uh, pretty special player. Yeah, yeah, definitely special player. But I think what a lot of people don't realize is uh, the mindset that he had, um, you know, coming in real early, uh, always locked in, um, extremely focused, uh, re- easy able to galvanize, you know, the, the guys and, and lead at a young age. So I think beyond just his playing ability, the focus and um, the focus and leadership that he brought to the team was huge. So definitely a, a great, a great player. So Ryan, why don't you tell us a little bit about what you did in the service, your Naval career? Tell us uh, kind of how things progressed during your Naval career. Yeah, definitely. So um, right after playing, um, I I stayed on and I coached running backs and did player development at Navy uh, for a year. And then from there, I went on to the Marine Corps. So uh, I served six years in the Marine Corps. I was a DASC officer, so essentially a battlefield air control officer, kind of went all over the place, uh, did it, went to Afghanistan, um, did a tour there as a convoy commander. Um, walked away from there with with some some awards and just really great experiences and and great relationships. Uh, and then from there, I went on to work um, in a joint billet as a um, 
as a liaison officer to the Air Force for J Stars. Um, spent some time as a company commander, uh, as well as platoon commander. Uh, so really just did a lot of different things uh, during my time in the service, moved all over the place. Uh, but I had a great, great career, um, great experiences, great relationships, uh, and just learned so much about who I was as a leader and um, how to lead people. So Ryan is now a sports agent with Divine Sports and Entertainment. Yeah. Uh, he's doing very well in his new uh, profession. He has represented two Navy football players, Cameron Kinley, who he got a free agent contract with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And then last this past year, Michael McMorris. And he was able to get Michael into the Washington Commanders rookie free agent mini camp. Uh, Ryan, kind of tell how tell us how you became a sports agent and, you know, why you wanted to pursue that type of field. Yeah, definitely. So um, my sports agent career is one of one of two um, careers. So, um, you know, the reason I chose to, to go the sports agent route is because there wasn't enough representation Um when it comes to agents uh, that that were black. So I, I figured, you know, it'd be an opportunity to uh, diversify the field a little bit. Um, also being a, a, a player, a former player, you know, I could relate with guys and really just give them the truth about the game, right? And provide them with insight um, and information to get their once in a lifetime opportunity, right? Um, for me, you know, this game is, in, is important because it teaches you a lot about life. Um, but also it uh, it really gives you the ability to change your communities if you allow it to. Right. And what I mean by that is uh, the reason I'm a business owner and, and I have this agency is because I want to give more people um, opportunities to work in sports that don't normally get them. Uh, and by being able to sign players and negotiate contracts and generate more revenue, I'm able to give people more jobs and opportunities. And at the end of the day, um, life is about helping other people out and giving them opportunities they didn't have um, before. So for me, it's, it's one, to make sure that players get their once-in-a-lifetime opportunity, right? But then also to give people that want to work in sports um, that have been marginalized or haven't had the opportunities, give them a platform and give them a space to be able to do it. Um, so that's why I got into the sports agency business. Um, and then on top of that, you know, I do a lot of consulting um, for universities, uh, doing leadership training, as well as uh, a lot of public speaking in different areas, corporate companies as well, um, building out leadership curriculums and uh, their development curriculum. So for me, everything is about development. It's about how I'm, how we're taking people from one place in their life to another. Uh, and that's really why I got into the business of being a sports agent. I want to help guys transform their careers um, since they've been given this amazing gift. Well, my two podcast partners played professional football and they had agents helping them throughout their careers. Eric or Keenan, why don't you jump on in here? And well, uh, what do you think of a former Navy football player in case of Keenan, a guy he knew as well, who's a sports agent? Um, uh, it's, it's great. Yeah. Ryan's my guy. Man. Uh, if anybody's listening to this uh, and you're looking for an agent or you want to, you're thinking about, you need somebody to represent you for whatever it is, not just sports, but like if I had to go into some sort of debate or negotiation, I would definitely take Ryan. 
because Ryan will talk to anybody and he'll talk him into whatever you need, whatever he's trying to do. He knows the way to, to find a way into the building. So uh, definitely like have uh, really been super blessed to have come across him, play with him, uh, develop a friendship. And then what he's seen, what he's done for other Navy football players that have tried to, you know, make the leap into the NFL. It's been great to see. And, uh, you know, he's always on the move, man. Every time I look up, Ryan's in a different country or a different state in an airport. Like, dude is working. He's always working. Yeah, man. Appreciate that, Keenan. Hey, Ryan, I got a question for you for the, for the sports agent side. Yeah. For the, uh, the listeners, we talk about this in the past about, um, you know, college players with the portal, but also with NIL. Yeah. Do you think with the NIL and the portal and the mega conferences, you, do you believe that has hurt Navy over the years? Yeah. Um, I would say since NIL is so new, I don't think it's – so we'll talk NIL first. NIL being new, I don't, I don't think it's hurt Navy yet. I do think it will. Um, I think if we don't adapt, just like if anything in life, if you don't adapt to how things are changing, you're going to fall behind quickly. Um, and I think if we're going to compete at a high level, uh, we're going to compete against people that are allowing players to get NIL uh, money, then we have to find a way to, to be able to, to compensate our players. Also, I just think it's the right thing to do. I mean, you look at the, the Navy uh, and the Naval Academy and the benefit they get from Navy football um, for, for us to benefit from those players but not give them an opportunity to benefit off of their own name, image, and likeness, I think that kind of does them a disservice. Um, so I think in that sense, we'll fall behind uh, if we don't if we don't change. But you know that that'll all come with time. And then when it comes to the portal, yeah, that the portal has hurt a lot of teams, um, Navy being one of them. Uh, but and it's 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 hurt Navy because the Naval Academy is a difficult school. I mean, as you all know. Right. So when things get tough, the way things are nowadays, people want to jump ship. Um, so it's easy to jump ship given the portal. When we were playing, you couldn't just leave and, and go play somewhere else right away. You had to really think about the decision because you could sit out for a year. Right. Um, so I think the, the portals hurt a lot of schools. Um, but NIL, I think, could really hurt over time if um, if we don't figure out a way uh, a way to move forward saying that you know nil is likely to hurt navy and this is a question that's come up uh like my, my dad has asked me about this a ton of like just nil and then the transfer portal what's the solution look like because i don't think i don't think there's a world where the naval academy allows like a star athlete to benefit to where he's making you know hundreds of thousands of dollars yeah uh, on his name but there has to be some sort of compromise right because if you were at a level to where you can make that kind of money and the naval academy won't allow you to do that then what's to stop them from utilizing the portal to go somewhere where they can do that? You know what I'm saying? So it's kind of a catch-22 yeah, because... Ken, you would have got, got paid so much money, buddy. <laughs> and yeah, you would even driving a Jaguar or Land Rover or something fast, <laughs> all the touch on score, to be honest. I'd yeah. probably be driving like a Kia like, or like a, like a like something, something horrible. Yeah. I, to, I mean, yeah. And Eric, <laughs> to answer your question, I mean, to kind of just caveat off what you said, Ken, I don't think that you can limit what somebody is worth, right? Just because they make a decision to serve their country. You know, to me, they're sacrificing already. So if I'm, if I made a decision to sacrifice, how, why, why are you limiting 
the amount of money I can make off of who I am, like my who I am, who God created me to be, right? Um, off of a gift that I've been given by God, who are you to kind of limit that? You know, that's that's my thought process. And I think college football for a long time has limited that for players. And now, you know, the 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 reins or the shackles are off in a sense, right? But the Naval Academy hasn't done it yet. Um, and I think it's the right thing to do. Um, I mean, you got to think we're sacrificing. You're talking about people that are going to sacrifice their lives at some point, right? They're, to me, them being able to make money off who they are, that should be no question as, as to something that we should allow. Mm. So I, that's I think a great point. That, you know? Yes, that's I, a great point. I agree with Ryan and all, all, all of you guys that Navy's got to figure this out. Um, you know, the United States Navy ultimately makes these decisions and they have guidance so far to the Naval Academy Athletic Association is Navy athletes cannot make NIL money. But I can tell you right now, it has come to my attention that there are a, are a lot of Air Force athletes seeking out NIL deals. So once again, it does not seem to be a level playing field among the service academies. Um so we'll see what happens. Last but not least, before we let Ryan go, Keenan, you played with Ryan for three seasons. What is your memory of him as a player? I mean, obviously he was a talented slot back. He was part of the rotation for three seasons. Um, you had no problem pitching to Ryan, and did Ryan always block for you? That's a great question. <laughs> uh, I think he would say for sure. Um I think one of my, my fondest memories, uh, there's like a, there's actually a really good picture of this. It's a San Diego state bowl game. We couldn't do anything on offense. Like we could not move the ball. I had like 30 yards rushing. Like we, I don't know how we won that game, but we somehow won the game. And a, a big reason why that happened is because Ryan, uh, in his senior year made the biggest play of the game. I don't think he scored. I think he got down to the one yard line. So, shout out to, scored. So, so, <laughs> so shout out to Ryan for throwing the one for the touchdown. But that play was huge because we couldn't get anything going on offense against them. We had historically struggled against San Diego State, you know, going back years and years and years. And he, he made the one play that defined that game and helped us win. So um, there's that. As there, I, I remember distinctly uh, Rutgers that same year um, where he had a pretty scary injury. And, you know, within a few weeks he was back and he was making plays for us. So, I mean, I think it's just a testament to his – perseverance and the type of man he is. Ryan, did you fall down at the one-yard line just so Keeney could add another touchdown to his record, Chase? Look, I was I, I was trying to help Keenan out the best way I could, you know. We talk, we talk about being selfless, right? That's what, that's what it's all about. Well, thank you, Ryan Williams-Jenkins, for joining us as the Academy Securities Alumni Spotlight Subject. It was great hearing about your success not only at Navy as a football player, but in the service as a Marine officer, and then now in your career with a sports agent. Thank you so much, Ryan. Appreciate you. Yeah, thank you. Thank you all. Y'all have a great night. Thanks for listening to another great edition of the Navy Football Podcast brought to you by New Day USA. Uh, thanks for, to Ryan Williams Jenkins for being our alumni spotlight subject. Uh, Navy Houston on noon kickoff Saturday. National television on ESPNU. Navy is two and four, needs a win at home. They've got two home games in a row. If they can beat Houston and beat Temple, they can even their record at four and four. 
before beginning a very difficult stretch with Cincinnati, Notre Dame, Central Florida, all coming up. Thank you for listening to the Navy Football Podcast. We will talk to you next week when we do the Houston game recap. Thanks for listening to another great edition of the Navy Football Podcast brought to you by New Day USA. Uh, thanks for to Ryan Williams Jenkins for being our alumni spotlight subject. Uh, Navy Houston on noon kickoff Saturday, national television on ESPNU. Navy is two and four, needs a win at home. They've got two home games in a row. If they can beat Houston and beat Temple, they can even their record at four and four before beginning a very difficult stretch with Cincinnati, Notre Dame, Central Florida, all coming up. Thank you for listening to the Navy Football Podcast. We will talk to you next week when we do the Houston Game Recap.